Thank you for listening to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit girlswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. And this is a show where you come as you are with the courage to speak up and tell a better story. And today on the show, serendipitous, right? Like it felt very serendipitous of how this came about today. It does. The universe has always got our backs. Totally. Why don't you introduce our guest and share the serendipitous story? If y'all have been listening to the podcast, then uh, you'll know that we had a guest named Haley Gray several months back. You can go back and find that episode. Haley has a marketing company called Fiercely Marketing and was working with Jeannie Goodwin, who's our guest today. I had a calendar meeting pop up and I was like, oh, who's this? <laughs> had no idea. Apparently Haley sent her to us nice. to find out if she would be a good guest for our podcast. And I, five minutes in, I was like, do we really need to keep talking anymore? Can I just send you a calendar <laughs> link? Is that cool? Like I have to talk to Sarah, but not. Yeah, yeah. you never do. You never no, do. I, no. I trust you. Yeah. So today, our guest is the lovely Jeannie Goodwin. Thank you, Haley Gray. And Jeannie is hailing us from Idaho, right? I'm in Idaho, yes, ma'am. All of a sudden, I was like, like, did I get that right? right. (laughs) Am I wrong? It's Idaho. And Jeannie is a high-performance, Brendan Burchard high-performance I know. When I saw that, I was like, oh, she is our people. Yeah. And she's also an (laughs) author. And y'all can't see her, but she's gorgeous. And y'all should look her up. So Jeannie, tell us about yourself. Uh, Yeah, certified high performance coach, best-selling author, uh, been coaching for over 20 years because it's the my favorite thing in the world to do, to take somebody who's stuck, somebody who's, oh, Jeannie, I've tried it all. You don't understand. You need to fix them for me. Everything's about to blow up on me. And then within an hour or less, just turn their life around. Oh my God, is that a good day? It's my favorite thing in the world to do. Because people are so much more powerful than they give themselves credit for. Yes. And if I can end up at the end of a session or at the end of um, some time with me empowering you to step up and do what you want to do with your life, then I've had a really fabulous day. So my favorite thing in the world to do. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so tell us about your book, though, because it has an interesting title. The book is actually called How to Win Her and Influence Him. There and it is. I was I was doing polls on what title would you like for the book, and when this one came up, how to win her and influence him, all the men said, "I love the first part and I hate the second part," and all the women <laughs> said, "I hate the first part and I love the second part," and it's such the actual experience of men with women. Yes, <laughs> men think the opposite of women. Men want the opposite thing of what women want. Men process in opposing ways of the way women process. We're so opposite. And really what happened was I got married two weeks after I turned 18 to the man of my dreams. Wow. I actually graduated early from high school so I could go marry this amazing man who had asked me to marry him after one month of dating. I was just gaga over this man. Married him, moved away, and within two years, we hit what every relationship hits. It got really hard. The communication was um, loud noises, yes. <laughs> pretty yes. much nothing else. There was a lot of anger, and we just couldn't get along, even though we still loved each other, and it, it made no sense to me. I didn't want a divorce. Like 
I was contemplating murdering him instead of divorcing <laughs> him. Right? <laughs> I was. I'm like, I'm not getting a divorce, but man. For our law enforcement him. listeners, <laughs> she did not murder the man. There's no bodies buried. Yeah, yeah well, here, let me, let me, um, make this long story short. I'm like, wait, we need proof of life. We need him to walk behind you. We need proof of life for him to walk behind while we're on. In March, we celebrated our 40th anniversary. So we're still going strong. What I learned was what I call how to bring love back from the dead. That's what I learned. I I learned that love actually never dies. It, it, It doesn't have a capacity to die but it sure gets buried by a lot of crap <laughs> and you totally. can't it, you can't see it it's all oh, holy cow i married the wrong guy but i learned how to get all the crap off the relationship and bring love back to life and once i learned how to do it for myself i started doing it for other people i started doing it for clients and what i really learned were the secrets to relationships so it works in relationships at work, it works in relationships at home, leadership training, high performance, all of it is really about relationship stuff. And so I sat down and this book, I wrote down the five top problems men have with women. Those are the first five chapters of the book. I wrote down, this is exactly what's happening. This is why it's happening. And these are the words she needs to hear. These yeah. are the pitches. And then the other half of the book is written to women of of how men work. And then there's a chapter in there for how male female dynamics show up at work. So that's the book. And that whole book has changed lives. It's just powerful. I'm going to need to know what those five things are. <laughs> of course you are. Well, <laughs> Sarah, why, let's Sarah, just, why don't you let's tell me what your, your number one problem in a relationship with a man is, and let's see if it's in the book. What is my number one? They, they do not possess the skill yet validation and empathy. So that's chapter nine. (laughs) You want to give me another one? You want to give me another problem, typical problem you have in relationships with men? What what do you got for her, Jenny? I think it's the status interruptus. Like the, I'm not even, like the words are not done out of my mouth and you're already either redirecting said child to whom I'm speaking or you're just interrupting me and you don't even know that you're doing it. That's chapter 10. <laughs> oh, here's a good one here. Cause that's what I was like. I had to take, did yes. you see me take my breath? I was like, here's one. And oh, y'all, this is going to get me a little feisty cause it irritates the shit out of me. And thank God it is not in my marriage, but I see it all the time. It is the husbands who are like, but I'm providing for the family. I'm not cheating on you and I'm not beating you. So I'm fucking amazing. Like I'm the best husband ever. And that that's like their- The bar is set at that level. Exactly. The they're like, what the more do you want The the bottom of your shoe. Exactly. And they're like, what more do you want from me? So when we have, when people are like, what's an awakened man? I'm like, an awakened man <laughs> is one whose bar is not, I don't cheat on you. I don't beat you. And I bring home money. Right. So I'm fucking amazing. And, and my, you should my, be grateful yeah. for me. And my definition of the awakened man <laughs> is you're not an asshole douchebag. <laughs> So that's chapter seven. There you go. (laughs) How to not be an asshole douchebag, guys. Chapter seven of Jeannie's book. And that you're not, like, you're graded at elementary school grades. You know, you would receive a D 
if you're you don't even husband. get an A for effort. Right. No, but the, totally men think that they get an A for effort. Of, but what? What more could you possibly I make money. <laughs> I'm here. I'm breathing. Yes. Like you if, know, you're, if your standard is that you're breathing <laughs> and a warm body. Every guy who's listening you are to this show awakened. has now turned off this episode and is well, done. <laughs> I was, so I'm a guy. I was thinking to myself, yeah, I've, I've been in that headspace before. <laughs> <laughs> and how'd that work out for you, Joe? How you was your marriage? don't vocalize that crap. No. <laughs> you keep that in. You don't let that come out. How did your marriage go during that phase of your life, Joe? I think it's that. I have been guilty of thinking more so than doing. I certainly, I try not to say dumb stuff out loud as often as possible, but... <laughs> I have thought before compared to, and then pick a terrible person, yes, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. I'm doing okay. Yeah. 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 And, and so my question is ladies with this lovely problem that every single woman on the planet goes through with a man, Joe, every woman goes through this and it's not that men are uh, as bad as you think they are. It's that the, the question is, what are you measuring him up against? When you think, so what? He brings home a paycheck and he's not cheating on me and he's at home and he, what are you measuring his measurement up against? Of whether or not it's good or bad. Are you create, so are, is the question then, are you creating this ideal that they can never reach? No, the, right? no again, the question is very precise. What are you measuring him up against for good versus bad behavior? What's the measurement? What I deem is like how I deserve and want to be loved. That's right. It is how a woman would behave. The measurement is if you were behaving like a perfect woman, you would behave like this. Yeah, that's not in my wheelhouse most days. (laughs) (laughs) But they aren't women and they never will be women. And when you measure them as if they are women, you miss out on the amazing gift the masculinity is to the feminine. Okay, so you're totally losing me because I'm like, I'm not, I'm, mm, I don't, I do not buy into that. I, no. Because I am all about <laughs> the masculine. You said that, Sarah. <laughs> I am all about the masculine, but I don't feel that. Uh, Does it trigger uh, to, you because you hear masculinity and you think tro- toxic masculinity? No, okay. no. Because I'm I, just making sure. Because we all, men and women we each have masculinity and femininity in us and we have uh, different levels of it and and ebb and flow of it totally exactly and so I'm all about supporting the feminine energy and the masculine energy in all humans but what I'm not in support of is this essence of lower your expectations because he's a guy like no if this is what I didn't hear that's what she said Oh, that's what I heard of you're (laughs) wanting to be loved like how a girl would love that's not like I'm wanting to be loved the way that I receive love just like my commitment as a Mm -hmm. wife is to love you the way that you receive love so can I let me tell you how I heard I took what she said okay okay so I heard her saying don't lose the forest for the trees like you can embrace that they are different beings yes agreed but don't like forego that embracing of them being different beings because of this ideal that you're creating in your head that they can't live up to that's what i I don't believe i don't 
believe that it's an ideal they can't live up to. I think that's where my sticking point is because we are all humans who are capable of learning skills. So just like the skill of empathy and the skill, the art of communication and things like, and validation, that's a skill that can be taught and that's a skill that can be learned. It's just Sarah, we make the, Sarah, the choice to do that. it. I love that. And that's exactly what I do is I, I teach the difference between male and female so that we can honor the masculine and honor the feminine and get everything out of a relationship that we're supposed to be getting, but we don't get for whatever reason. I love that you even said that. And the way, here's what happened. When I started to bring my love back from the dead, that thing you just said that was so brilliant. He's different and I love him the way he needs to be loved. That was the key to everything for me because I thought, he needed to be loved as a woman. Let me say it this way. As a woman who needs details, who needs emotions, who needs um, quality time spent together telling me all about how he feels as a woman who wants to hear all about how his day went and be a part of it by sharing all of the ups and downs. And he came, he would come home this is very typical for every man. He would come home and the last thing in the world he wanted was to talk about work because he's got this, what's called a single focused brain, which basically means that he can only think about one thing at a time. And when he leaves work, he wants to leave work behind. So when he walked in the door and I immediately wanted to hear all about the details of his day so that I could feel connected to him while he was away from me, he would be like, Oh, I just left that place. I don't want to talk about it. And I would take that as rejection of me that he didn't want to have connection with me, which is absolutely not what was happening at all. He needed to be able to leave work behind. And it typically takes the single focus brain about 20 minutes to process out of one place into another. So if I didn't give him his 20 minutes of processing time, we would be in this immediate fight and I could never understand why because I was trying to show him love. Mm -hmm. But I was trying to show him love in a way that I receive love as a woman. Mm -hmm. And I made my love right and his wrong. And that's where all the fireworks was coming from. And I just never understood until I started studying men and male brains and the way male brains process and the fact that men don't speak English, they actually speak Manglish. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. but, and the more I studied, the worse it got, the more right. opposite we became and the more I was able to begin to really love and accept and honor the way he was created and designed to work. And that's what brought the love back. Which is why when you were like the five things that men want from women, I was like, I need to know those because I'm like, oh, I always want to know more because I yeah. want to be able to talk in his language. Mm -hmm. And I yes. want to, oh, that's my commitment is for me to grow within this and to love you the way you deserve and want and need to be loved. And that's your commitment back to me. But do, do you think that there is a, a space in there that we as just general human beings need to learn how to have realistic expectations of others? Because I think that ends up becoming a huge part of it, right? Like women who don't know what a healthy relationship looks like 
will look to things like magazines and books right. and, and yes. other yes. forms of media yes. where then they develop these expectations. That's what I was talking about. Well, like they develop these right. expectations that are completely unrealistic of their partner because they don't know how to navigate these waters and they don't know what a healthy exchange is mm-hmm. in, in a relationship. No, I totally agree. That. To it's like, like the romanticized yeah. Hollywood image. And I guess it, it's so what it was is that it triggered in me this expectation thing Mm -hmm. because I don't believe anybody men or women should have to lower expectations as in I know but remember that great (laughs) skit that lowered expectation (laughs) that dating service what what show was that on it was a late night comedy show Uh, was it mad tv mad tv yeah but of like (laughs) of having your perception based in reality. So essentially the mind, the gap, right? The gap between your perception and the facts of reality of that. It's not based on Hollywood. It's not based on the romantic books. Like one of my best friends, she reads those romantic books and I'm like, Oh my God, you're screwing yourself for life because no one is ever going to be able to And like, No, I don't. But but even reading like reading outlander or reading some of the, like the Jane green books or the Mary Kay Andrews books. Totally. Like it's some of it is real and some of it is fluff. And but if you're in a healthy relationship, you can tell the difference between the romanticization, romanticization, romanticism. (laughs) I don't know. Whatever that word is. The romanticizing of that (laughs) versus like what's real life. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think, Jeannie, that guys have a problem with a high bar? Because I don't think I have a problem with a high bar. I bet the problem that guys run up to is like the the issue that comes up, like the joking, stereotypical issue is I can't read your mind. Like if my mm-hmm. wife will tell me what she wants, I'm actually pretty equipped to handle instructions. Yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> but if simple, I'm supposed to decipher, if I'm supposed to decipher, yeah, break it down. Like I'm five. Yes. I can do it. Yes. Like just tell me exactly what I should do and how I should say it. Yes. <laughs> I said, I said, Joe, that's chapter one. That's yeah. the that's the number one problem men talk about. It's the foundation. I can't read your mind, but the, the real challenge isn't that she's not telling you. The real challenge is that when she tells you, you don't hear it because she doesn't speak English either. She speaks feminish. So she speaks hints. <laughs> My wife lovingly tries to be subtle so that I can figure it out on my own and feel good about myself. But I, <laughs> exactly. I don't, well, I mit- no, it's not because you can feel good about yourself. It's because us as women don't want to be like, I've now spoon fed you that. Yeah. Yeah. So it takes away the authenticity of it. We there don't want to no treat you like children. We do not want to be your mama. We want y'all to think for yourselves and be like, I love this woman so much and she loves this. So I will take the initiative to do that for her right? rather than her being like, here is my post-it note of all of my love languages and the way that you can show me those love languages. Like literally right. I have done that because I was like, y'all I'm at my, the end of my rope. And <laughs> right. I was like, I don't know how much more clear I can be. You've never been in a more comfortable <laughs> situation as a man is when you tried to deduce it and got it wrong. <laughs> Because you're like, all right, I'm playing this game. We're doing and, this. And I'm going to get that, there. <laughs> because more often they get it wrong, they just stop trying because they yeah. understand they can't get it right and it's a waste of effort and time. It's not a factor of whether or not they love you. They know it's a waste of effort and time. So they right. stop trying. So all these hints that are actually the language of, of feminish, men don't even get. They go right over their head. And it causes damage in the relationship. And we, as women, think, but I'm trying so hard and I'm doing everything, Jeannie, and he's just broken. Would you just fix him? I'm like, yeah, I'll just teach you how to speak Manglish. 
which is very literal. It's very like those post-it notes, this thing at this time. Then I will want to have sex. So like perfect (laughs) example of this, right? And I am a, when it comes to gifts, like I like practicality, right? So don't like, I don't like receiving flowers because they die and then I have to deal with them. Like (laughs) I... And it's hard now because, honey, I love you. He listens to every episode. So, <laughs> honey, I love you. He So it's hard because, like, my daughter or my son wants to get me. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's nice. And he knows that I it would not be my preferred thing. But he, the kids are trying to do something nice. So he lets it, whatever. Mm-hmm. But so it took, like, I finally posted it. I was like, listen, for nine months, mm-hmm. I was hinting about how dirty my car was and how awesome it would be <laughs> if he could just clean my car. As a gift for me, have the kids, they make the mess, have them clean the car. Yes. Yes. All of these things. And I like, there was one day where I finally was like, I do not want to deal with any of this. I don't want to go get the car serviced. I don't want to deal with registration. I don't want to deal with oil changes. I want nothing of that part of our life. Mm -hmm. Like you deal with it. For my birthday last year, nine o'clock on a Sunday morning, the mobile detail service showed up. Yeah. Cleaned my car. Guess who handles my car registration? Get like it was literally. And then I told him, I said, You have permission to get me a mobile car detail service for every occasion. Mm -hmm. Because in my head, I'm thinking, okay, holidays, that means it'll be done in January. Mm-hmm. Mother's Day is in May. My birthday is in October. That means every five months my car will be clean. Yay! <laughs> yeah. See, that's beautiful. And it was a very clear and direct, like, mm-hmm. this will make me happy because it's one well, less thing it, that I have to worry about. Beautifully done, but it wasn't very clear and direct. Not in English, clear and direct would have been every holiday. I'd like this done, babe, and it will make me so happy. Right. Well, That's it got to that point. Direct. It took nine months to lead up to that, but I got to that point where I was like, this is what I want in life. Yeah. Someone else to deal with this, not me. Yes. I and deal it, with all the, the doctor's appointments. All of it yeah. is to not feel bad that you have to be clear and direct right. and to not take away credit because you told him. Because most women, when they tell him, they take away credit. You are guilty of that. I mean so much to me. She I totally is guilty that of that. Fully, I have been guilty of that. I will now reform those ways. Thank you. <laughs> that is my takeaway today. I've heard the sentence before, like, it doesn't count that you did the dishes because I told you to do that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And, and Joe, that was what years is ago, by the experience in you on the relationship when that happens? I don't feel like doing the dishes, I'll tell you that. (laughs) So we actually destroy their desire to do what everything in them wants to do because we take points away and we don't even know we're doing it. And we do it based off of if you were a woman, you would figure out based on my hands Mm -hmm. and that's how you show me that you love me. In other words, we love men as if they were hairy women. And that causes so many problems. Now, don't, don't get me wrong, because they do the same thing. They actually process as if we were curvy men. And they think things about us like she needs to just get over it. She needs to get to the point. She needs to be logical. That's unimportant. It's a waste of her time and her effort. And they're just sitting over here nodding. That, I was thinking, yeah, we do that. Yeah. <laughs> they're basing all of that off of they think we really are curvy men. They think and process 
and we get in their way on purpose and make their life miserable by acting like a woman. <laughs> mm-hmm. Y'all, that's that's making me think of this story recently. It's a recent one that happened. I almost boxered you because I was so upset. Like, I was so upset. So my youngest, he his hair has always been extremely special. There is some form of an emotional attachment to Lennox's hair because it's blonde, long, like he's been my surfer baby, my surfer boy, always long hair. Matt went to take him to get a haircut. First time going to get a haircut during COVID. And I was nervous about it. And they know how important this is to mommy and that mommy gets really nervous about his haircut. Do they know? They, I promise you they know. <laughs> Did, were you direct? Did yes. you send the sticky on his forehead? Yes. No, he's and, there. <laughs> and no, I'm very direct. And yeah. usually I go. And But because of COVID, we didn't want both of them. You know, la, la, la. So Matt goes, takes him to get haircut. They come back home. Lennox walks through the house and my eyes got big as saucers. They jacked up oh, my baby's hair. No. And cut it. Oh, God, it's so bad. It's so bad. And so he comes in and Matt comes in and he's like, I, I know you're going to be mad. It's just hair. And it's not a big deal. And I am crying. Like, I, it, it just it gutted me for some reason. And I was just like, oh, my baby. It, he looked it, different. Like, it, he, he wasn't did. like, it he, was, yeah. Yes, he did. Now, he was looked it, so different. Was it that the stylist didn't follow the direction that Matt gave? Or was it that Matt didn't give the direction? Matt gave the direction and then Matt walked away. So this is the same thing that happened last year. Remember with Nicholas when they chopped off his hair two years ago? It was two years ago. The That was... Yes, we had the same situation that the stylist hacked off Nicholas's hair when Scott was getting his hair cut yes. and his back was... Yes, yes correct. Yeah. And so I was like having this... I, I was having this trauma. Yeah, like no, I was like, it was, yeah. And I was like, well, I don't understand what happened. And he was just like, it's not a big deal. Like it's hair, it'll grow. And he was so nonchalant. That was enraging oh. me. And so I was like, Scott at least had the good grace to come in and be like, there's a problem. Yeah, no, mm-mm. that would have been perfect. That would have been a perfect way to handle that situation of, oh, something bad happened. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. And it would have been squashed, done. He would have joined me and shared yep. in my pain. But instead, he was in his, oh, shit, shame spiral yep. of yep. I screwed up. And so I'm going to try to avoid this by being like, what? It's not a big deal. Just get over it. That like intelligent enough to know what was going on. And so I was like, no, 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 no. But I did get on the phone with my best friend and I was like, so if you took Lennox to get his hair cut and they cut it too short, what would you have done? And she was like, oh my God, I would have been like, I'm so sorry, honey. I would have been apologizing from the get go. And I know how this is important to you. And I was like, it's the validation and the empathy. empathy. But guys get stuck in the shame spiral of, oh, shit. What is she going to say? Oh, my God. And they're terrified. They are. They're terrified. And he said, I was scared to bring him home. He was like, I was scared to come home because I knew you were going to be so upset. And I was just like, dude, all you had to do was come in the house and be like, oh, shit. She screwed up his hair. And I know this is a big deal. And I'm sorry. And it would have been done. Yep. Ah, wow. Yeah. But you're right. I was going validate me yeah yeah and I'm sorry that was so hard on you and I know how hard that can be when it seems like they really don't care about your feelings or what was important to you I can't so, see it. <laughs> I know. I was trying to. So this is the, the I have the side by side picture of Nicholas's butchered hair. When that <laughs> and they was, do. They look like a different person. It 
It was legitimately because my kid has long colored, like he bleaches his hair and he has me color it. Like it's not even. Wow. Like that's, yeah, it was. And it's traumatic. But it again, Scott handled that quite different. So if we were to compare. He actually handled it quite differently. And, and I have to say, sir, he's not going through a shame spiral. He's actually not. He would be if he were a woman. But once again, we typically. He was just frozen in fear. That they are are a woman. What what he actually was doing, and Joe, you can correct me if I'm wrong. The most most honorable and respectful thing you can do for any other person as a man is give them a job and walk away and let them do it. That's honorable. That's the right way to treat another person. That's the the way you give a dude bad news. The other thing you do is when someone is, is dealing with emotions which men don't process emotions physically in the same way. They're actually, they're, the parts of their brain are actually different for processing emotions, different sizes, same parts, mm-hmm. different sizes. The most honorable thing you can do to somebody being emotional is walk away and let them handle it because that's respecting their ability to handle their self. That's not putting them down or not caring about them. So by not understanding the way the male brain processes, we just automatically assume if you were a woman, you would sit in my feelings with me and that's what would make me feel loved. But he's not a woman. He's not going through a shame spiral. I really don't think your husband is that much of a wuss that he can't handle it when you're upset and he can't handle it when he hasn't done something that pleases you. It's more about the most honorable thing I can do as a man. Can you imagine a man sitting with a man with his feelings and patting his back and going, it's okay, tell me all about it. It's what else is wrong, tell me. You can't imagine a man doing that to a man. And what he's doing is he's treating you like a man, which is the most honorable thing he can do. It's when we make each other wrong, and judge each other because we're not acting the same, that all this crap enters the relationship and we can't connect anymore. And that's what I began to learn. That's what's in the book. That's what I help clients with because it gets rid of all the judgment and all the pain. He gets to be a man, you get to be a woman, and we get to train and help each other to love us in the best, most healthiest way possible without all the judgment. so Joe, correct me if I was wrong in any of that. I don't know. I'm not going to say that I think you're wrong. I can speak from my perspective. <laughs> I think that's... Uh, he lives with I a lot of women. I think that I don't... I wouldn't often give myself that much credit. And this is the most honorable thing I can do for you in this moment. Mm-hmm. But I do agree with the premise. Like if I was giving bad news to a guy, like the best way to do it would be give him a minute. Let him think about that. Walk mm-hmm. away. That's right. Um, drop the bomb and leave. Because that is like the nice thing to do because guys don't really want to visibly process emotionally in front of other guys most of the time. They'd rather do that and then come back to it later. Mm -hmm. But that is what, okay, so that's, that. I feel like that is what evolution can assist with. That we, that men and women do not have to deal with hard emotions alone. That a man can sit in the room with a man who's dropping that their marriage is crumbling or that their child just died or they had the, and that man can sit with another man and have a pat on the back of just sitting there and just, you are not alone. You don't have to talk. You don't have to process. You don't have to discuss emotion, but you hold space. 
I think I think it's uh it's outside of the comfort zone of the wiring, so it's not the default mode. That's what I was agreeing. Oh, like, I agree like, with he that. Gets it. I agree that it's not the default mode. My- I would feel better if I was delivering bad news to somebody and I felt like I did a good job that I sat there and it really right. depends if there's a close relationship i feel like it's a completely different set of rules if it's mm-hmm. a really close friend of mine yep. or family member dad right. right person that i know really well i'm not going to be like here's some bad news talk to you tuesday right so i feel like there's probably a different set of rules based so, on the level of relationship totally so totally. Can, so he actually in, just gave you the key sarah he yeah. gave you the key I did. I did something. You totally, you to, oh, it was beautiful what you just said. He said, I would feel better if, if it worked, if he got points. So here's what you do. You get to need what you need. You get to. There's nothing wrong with needing him to be in the room and help you process. In fact, they are a magnificent at it. But if you don't give them any points and you don't give them the, the one, two, three steps of what I need, Because he'll never figure it out because he doesn't need it. Because you have to reinforce that behavior. You got it. And so if you were to say, man, babe, I'm so upset right now, but what I need from you, what will make it better for me right now is if you just let me be upset while you're here, put your arm around me, tell me it's going to be okay. You got to actually teach him everything you need and then reward what he delivers and he'll come back and he'll do it again and again. And they're amazing at it but they don't process the way we process. They can't figure it out. They can't read our minds and they don't need what we need. And there's nothing in the world wrong with that. Nothing. Right. I agree. On so either do, side. So Agreed. do you yeah. think that it's possible for men to hold space for women? So I was in a when they're uncomfortable in, and I was in an event in Canada and it was one of those events where they were talking about how the body will actually hold emotions. If you don't process your emotions, mm-hmm. the body holds emotions. And they're teaching about how these emotions will and how they'll store in certain parts of the body. And all of a sudden I burst out in tears for no apparent reason. Roaring tears, snot flying. I'm embarrassed. This is Ugly cry. Event. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell? Somebody pushed one of my buttons. I, I went running out of the room. I'm like, oh my God, what is going on? I knew what I was processing and I had processed it before, but somebody had pushed a button and the waterworks were going. And I went running for a man because there was a man in the event who was very good at helping with emotional processing. And I went running for this man. And he just so happened to be coming in the door. He had two cups of coffee and I grabbed him by the shoulders and I said, I need you now. <laughs> it was just a disaster area. And he puts his cups of coffee down. He pulls me over into a quiet corner and he's 100% present with me. And he said, what do you need? He's looking me in the eye. He's 100% present. I just tell him this, like she was teaching about this. And I know what happened. Um, my mom tried to abort me when I was born and I'm dangerous and I'm life-threatening. And I'm just bawling, snot. He's, oh my God, get this woman a napkin. And he just stood there and he let me dump it. And when I finished dumping it, he's totally present with me the whole time. He says to me, wow, Jeannie, the staff has been watching you all week. We've all mentioned you. There's something you have that is so amazing that we've all noticed. And I'm like, oh, shoot. I know I'm like bawling like a baby and they're all watching me. And I don't know what 
I'm just this disaster area. And he says, there's a strength in you that we, that is just palpable. Like you walk in the room with this strength and we've all noticed it. And we all wondered where it came from. And then he said this, he said, here's what I know. When you go through something life threatening, there's a gift that comes out of it. There's a strength that comes out of it that you can't get any other way. And now I know where it's coming from. And he just acknowledged me that I was a disaster area and I could handle it. Mm-hmm. And I took a deep breath and I went, thank you. And he goes, holy shit. <laughs> he just watched me process it. And I had never experienced a man do that for me. And there's something men can do for women that women can't do for women. It's just a whole different level. But most of them have never been taught what we need or how to do it or rewarded afterwards that worked like nobody else's business. They have a capacity for strength in the midst of high emotion that if they Mm -hmm. just knew what they could do for women, I don't think they'd ever leave the room because they'd be so rewarded. They're this amazing strength and it doesn't come out of femininity. It comes out of masculinity. So yes, they are completely capable. I've never experienced a woman doing for me what that one man did for me in that event. I think that what ends up happening a lot of times is that discomfort that the men feel that a man might feel, I don't want to say the men, I don't want to generalize, but a man might feel uncomfortable with that level of slobbering, sniveling emotion, that (laughs) ugly cry, and want to fix it. Because that's where a lot of that drive, right, as the the hunter provider, Mm -hmm. that part of the evolutionary, in the, the evolutionary cycle in our DNA, would be like, oh, I don't know what to do with this woman because... I I can't fix this. And so do you see where some of this disconnect comes from those misguided beliefs? Absolutely. Absolutely. So what he's doing when he says, I can't fix it, first of all, his brain is wired to fix it. So you can't turn Mr. Fix it off. And Mr. Fix it is chapter eight, but (laughs) (laughs) he's, he's wired to get fast results and then rewards. That's the way his brain works. And so if you can train or explain what gets fast results and reward, he won't leave your side because he knows how to do it. He knows how to win. Men love to win. Hence the, the title, how to win her because their brains are wired to win and they keep tallying and points and we don't, we take points away. <laughs> <laughs> So here's the deal. When you understand how his brain works and you work with it instead of judging it as if it was wrong and he he is in a shame spiral and he's a selfish son of a gun and he's right. If you stop judging it and you go, wait a second, he's looking for points and he's looking for the win. Why don't I just tell him what the win is? He's never going to guess it. He's never going to figure it out because he will never have a female brain. Never. No matter how evolved he gets or how much he learns, he will never have a female brain and I will never have a male brain. So I've got to honor. And and so when I run into things now and believe me, I do, whether it's at work or with my husband or with my son, I got to stop and go, okay, 
what's his brain doing right now? What does he need to hear? And how do we get the best out of him and the best out of me? And I actually have to stop and think my way through it, even though I teach it and train it and I've been doing it for decades. Because again, I will never have a male brain. It's just not my first language, so to speak. Hmm. And we'll it's these amazing partnerships. <laughs> I think for when you were talking, I was thinking to myself, I do want to win. Yeah. But I don't want people to think, I don't want my wife to think that's more important than, because for me, like for winning, I want her to feel loved. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I'm trying to get something. Like it feels very manipulative. But is that like the if win? You just feel like. When when you when you get validated that she feels loved, isn't that a win? Yeah, ultimately. Am I getting it? Yes, there's nothing you are. That I would, yes, you are, Jenny. Good I, job. I think ultimately, yeah, there'd be nothing that would make me happier than to know that I made her happy. Like, that's the ultimate driving thing behind winning in the regard of the relationship. Right. So then how can she express that to you? Like, how do you know that she feels loved and happy? Oh, that's, that's usually not very hard to tell. It's like, how can you tell when she's upset or not happy? It's like, <laughs> well, how, how, do you know, how do you know that she feels loved by you? A combination of things, right? It's probably the things that I view as relational closeness, right? Like we're, we're laughing a lot. We're having, there's relational intimacy. There's physical intimacy. There's the things that the things that you would expect as the hallmarks in our relationship is like things have been going well or mm-hmm. continuing to happen at mm-hmm. a rate that feels good. If we haven't had Deposits. date night in a long time or we haven't yep. sat down and had a conversation that's longer than three minutes in a couple of days. Like, right. And you can, and I can, it's palpable in our house when the time gets away from us and that intimacy is lacking. Mm-hmm. I like, I can almost feel, I can see it. I, I know the, when you've been together right. for, mm-hmm. you know, more than one decade, it, it, it becomes a very, like, you're not as blindsided by it as you were in the beginning. I hope you're not. Right, if you continue to learn, hopefully you're open and learning, like, that's right. going to help your relationship. But I, I can see where it is that hard. And I saw, Jeannie, you were writing something down when Joe was talking, and I don't want to... <laughs> I don't want to lose that point so what, that you were going to make. Joe in Manglish brilliantly said is what makes a relationship work is we have fun. So I wrote down fun. He said intimacy. Sex yep. is a mm-hmm. good relationship. And sex is fun. Happy, Let's be. <laughs> fun, sex, and happy is how he is measuring whether or not he has a good relationship with his wife. Be, and that's very normal for male to process in that way. But what it also means is when she's upset or processing emotions, whether they're hers or someone else's, he thinks there's something wrong and he needs to fix it because he's a good man who loves his wife. He doesn't know that processing emotions and just being upset would actually make her very happy when she got her way through it, which is what you said, Sarah. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't process, we have a really great um, relationship and she feels loved because she's upset. He actually makes, you know, that amusing points. I have, Mr. Fix-It shows up, I got to make this woman happy. Because men don't process emotions the way women do. They don't understand the incredible fulfillment it feels to a woman when she can go down to the deepest depths 
and feel somebody else's pain and come out the other side because to her, that means love. Right. He doesn't get any of that. He goes, oh, fix that shit because she's in pain. Mm-hmm. And then Mr. Fix-It steps up. And it comes from this amazing place of I love her and I don't want her to hurt instead of, wow, let's walk her through the depth of that because she's going to come out the other side, this amazing, really much more compassionate person. That's the gift of femininity. In the example you gave of you at the conference, using that example, if the guy at the back of the room, if he would have been the one that caused the pain, uh-huh. like something went down between you guys and that's why you're crying and you're like, ah, you then how me, does that play? How does, me, you put me down. Sure. Right. All the time. So how does that play out? Hmm. Keep in mind, I'm a certified high performance coach. So I'm always looking for, okay, Jeannie, this is you. How can your best self show up here? How can you process this in a way that would make you proud of yourself later? And what are the best qualities that need to show up right now? So I would start working on the relationship. If he had caused the pain, I'd go internal first. All right, babe. You're hurting. That's fine. How would your best self handle this? She would either immediately forgive. This is me. I would either immediately forgive and then go work on whatever problem I think presented itself. Or I would talk to him about the way I'm feeling, take responsibility for my own feelings, not put it on him, and then work my way through. How can we create a better, even stronger relationship because we went through this? That's the way I would handle it. Because I'm always looking for these amazingly hard times that we're all going through. Right now, the world is going through harder times than it's seen in quite a long time. This is an amazing opportunity for growth. Never miss a hard time opportunity for growth. Never. Because that's really what it's for. Because if I walk out of COVID stronger, more compassionate, wealthier, healthier, with stronger relationships, I win, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. win, I win. Yeah. If my yeah. business gets stronger, because now all of a sudden I have to do a pivot and figure out how to make better, stronger relationships, better connections and make money, money. In a different way. Wow. What an amazing gift COVID gave me. So I look at all, oh, this really sucks right now. How can I grow? I honestly Mm -hmm, ask myself that question. How can I grow through this? That's a great perspective of, yeah, this sucks right now. What? But knowing and trusting there's going to be a gift at the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I want to unwrap it as fast as possible. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) But I think that's like a great metaphor for these romantic relationships that you're you're, there's always a gift to unwrap. Yes. At the end of the conversation, at the end of the interaction, at the end of the day, at the end of the year, month, whatever experience, there's always going to be a gift to unwrap. Mm-hmm. And if you can put yourself in that space where you're going to be like, all right, I know that there's something great coming. Yeah. And even if it's hard right now, mm-hmm. even if this conversation is hard, even if I have to say something that I know My partner is going to take a certain way because that's the way they've always taken it. And I can preface that with, hey, I'm going to say something. 
I don't want you to take this the way that you always take it. <laughs> I want you to, I want you to hear me for what I'm saying, because I know I'm not speaking exactly your language, yeah. but I just want you to hear it. And on the other side of this, we're going to be happier right. and it's going to work. Like yeah, that's I, the goal, right? There's always going to be a gift to unwrap it. I will always I actually start agree. those conversations with, we're about to have a hard conversation and I uh, expect that we're going to walk out better because we have it. Mm-hmm. So I'll like I love that. preface it like this is going to get tough for a second, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then I'll do something along the lines of, but I know, let's say it's a boss, but I know how important you are to the organization. And I know the goals and desires that you and I both have for this organization. And I know that we're on the same team and right now we're hitting something that that is making it hard. So let's figure out how to get back on the same team. So the same strategies work at home as they do at work. Yep. Yep, 100%. And I'm just looking for, I'll be honest with you, this is about to be tough. I've had that conversation when someone had flat out lied to me and I found mm-hmm. out that they lied. And I sat down with this with this person. I said, hey, this is going to be a hard conversation, but I expect it. And when we end it, it will have been so worth it because we'll have a better relationship because we had it. And then I'll introduce, hey, this is what I heard. Yep. This is you know what I think our goals are. Am I right? Am I wrong? How do we get there? Yeah, I wholeheartedly mm-hmm. agree with that, 100%. So that we're not, because that's yeah. not going to solve any conversation or grow anybody. Now, right. and if we don't agree at the end, then I'll say I respect you enough to allow you your opinion. And I hope you respect me enough to allow me my opinion. And mm-hmm. we don't have to agree to have a really great relationship. You don't even have to change your mind need to be heard. And that's what will make this relationship really beneficial to me. Would you give me a few moments to just dump? Yep. Yep. Awesome. I love it. Let's just dump. Okay. Let's just, <laughs> all right. So let's do it. Lightning round. Ready? On the girls who do stuff, we do this fun thing called the lightning round where we rapid fire questions at you and you say the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Let's go. Ready? What does a successful relationship look like to you? Compassion, filled with compassion. Jenny didn't like. We just spent like an hour talking about. Oh, no, but <laughs> I want to know. I was success. like, that's not a lightning round question. Okay. Success. Success. Compassion. Okay. All right. What is the number one thing on your bucket list? To travel the entire world. <laughs> You've traveled a lot, though. Yep. Yep. How do you unwind? Uh, a power walk. Hmm. What's your number one favorite book? Oh, probably the Bible. If you could go back and advise yourself in the past, what age would you go to and what would you tell yourself? Hmm. 20. I'd go back to 20 when things were the hardest. And I'd say, uh, girl, it's going to be so worth it what you're about to walk through. You're going to change the world. Just keep going. Mm-hmm. I love that. What is something no one knows about you? No one knows. I do have my pilot's license. Oh, cool. <laughs> well, do you get to use it? Very few. I do not. I haven't used it in years, but it was. it's one of those things that I always wanted. And I actually had wasn't working at the time. I was raising three kids in Mammoth Lakes, California, all by myself. And I had the time and I didn't have the money. And so I went into the local airport and I just talked my way into, hey, I will design you a logo. I will... <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll do all this work for you. Teach me how to fly. And the guy went, okay. And I got my pilot's license. So it was just something that I always wanted to do. And, and you can't take it away from me whether I use it or not. That's the way yep. I got it. That's amazing. Yeah, yep, that's awesome. <laughs> all right. What keeps you up at night? Nothing. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> Life goals. I'm so good at sleeping. Squad goals. Yes, that's awesome. Oh, Jeannie has left the building. Oh. That's so funny. What do you geek out about? Coaching. Totally. Coaching how the human brain works, how male-female dynamics, anything high performance. I'm a geek when it comes to this, like, changed lives. Total geek. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Who are the people that hold you accountable? My sister, uh, she and I talk almost every single day. Uh, so she absolutely holds me accountable uh, on a daily basis. <laughs> right. If your life were a movie, who would play you? Oh. If a movie was made about your life, who would play you? Sandra Bullock. Ooh. Mm-hmm. What is something you're profoundly grateful for right now? <sighs> The ability to grow through anything that comes your way. Mm-hmm. Yep. So how can people find you? Um, you know what? I'd love to do for your audience. If you'd like a free copy of my book, um, How to Win Her and Influence Him, go to my, I set up a special page, myrelationshipgenie.com forward slash free book. And you can, you can go get a, a free copy of my book because I really am out to change the world. And that little book all by itself has transformed all kinds of relationships. So I'm really happy to do that. Uh, and otherwise, my website is very generous. That is very generous. I'm like, you know who's going to get one? <laughs> this girl. <laughs> I always love learning, especially about relationships. I can geek out about that, too. Yes. So I'm like, yes, yeah. book on relationships. Excellent. I want to grow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. And and yeah, so Jeannie Goodwin was our lovely guest today. Thank you so much. What? This was Last. fun. <laughs> it was. We're going to tell Haley she's allowed to send us guests now. Yes, exactly. exactly. This was our, you were our, our guinea pig for that. But yeah, now we're like. And honestly, I was like, what happens in Idaho? But now I'm like, oh, there's cool people in Idaho. <laughs> I, I happen in Idaho. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, Idaho is the fastest growing state in the nation right now. Really? Yeah. That's fascinating. So it's a great place to live. I've very much, we've been here three years. I've enjoyed living here. Nice. Awesome. 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 Thank you again so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. And your generous gift and your generosity of your time and your talents and expertise. So we appreciate that. Ladies, thank you for the opportunity and for what you do for the world. Letting people tell the real story and be themselves and really transform the world with your work. Thank you so much. I was honored to be part of it. Awesome. That's a great endorsement. And speaking of endorsements, (laughs) please go rate us on um, Apple Podcasts because that helps other people find us and on Spotify and wherever you listen to your podcast. Amazon Music Now. Yeah. Listen to podcasts on Amazon Music. Find us, rate us, it helps and share us. It helps other people find us. We love our listeners and we love getting feedback. I've been getting a lot of messages this week. Me too. It's been exciting. Anyway, so that's it. That's all I got today. So find us at thegirlswhodostuff.com. I am Sarah Madras. And I am Jenny Midgley. And And you you do do you, boo. (laughs) We love making this stuff for you. You can help us out by subscribing to this podcast and follow us on social media. 